It's time for Dodger baseball. The sports department at WFUV and the history behind it are a story largely untold. That is, until now. The voices that have shaped the student-run station for the last seven decades dive into their time at Rose Hill. This is the Off the Air Podcast, the legacy of WFUV Sports. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Off the Air, the podcast. I'm Jimmy Sullivan, joined by Nick DeLuca. We will be joined on this episode by Jake Kring Schreifels. He is a member of the class of 2014 at Fordham. He's written for such entities as the New York Times, the Atlantic GQ, the Ringer, Esquire, and MLB.com, just to name a few. Most recently, he was a managing editor and a staff writer at the Washington football team. Nick, looking forward to this episode. Jake's a very talented guy, a a wide range of things he's been able to do. And I think he credits a lot of that to uh, how things started at WFUV. Yeah, I think that's the most exciting thing or the most interesting thing from my perspective and getting an opportunity to understand what went into some of those decisions to be so versatile, what maybe caused him to say, this is what I want to do or something that I'm interested in. And then how that was really able to, you know, make him so versatile and and give him so many opportunities to do a number of things, whether that be as a writer or as a broadcaster and covering as a, as a beat reporter, the Washington football team and the Yankees and others. So really excited to get an opportunity to sit down with him to just see what went into that and see how his start at WFUV was able to be a jumping off point going forward into the professional ranks. Certainly be interested to learn a little bit more about that. As we said, class of 2014 uh, had a large hand in helping uh, WFUV's website presence as well. So Looking forward to uh, learning about that, some of his favorite memories, his classmates, and of course, as we do on every episode of this show, some Bob Aaron stories, because you can't have an episode of this podcast and not have some Bob Aaron stories. So certainly some good ones that we can look forward to there. But without further ado, this week on Off the Air, Jacob Kring Schreifels. A 2014 Fordham graduate, Jacob served as a beat reporter, writer, and broadcaster in addition to hosting WFUV's one-on-one. Shortly after his time in the Bronx, Kring Schreifels became an associate producer with MLB Advanced Media, writing previews, game summaries, and other content for the Mets and the Yankees' websites. Also in 2014, Jacob became a staff writer and publication coordinator with the Washington football team, eventually becoming managing editor in 2018. Currently, Kring Schreifels is an assistant editor with The Doe in New York City. Here's the Off the Air podcast with Jacob Kring Schreifels. 
Jake, forgive me for rambling out about your resume. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm great. I haven't really heard that all together since I started this new position. So it's it's a, a nice little intro for me. I, I appreciate it. Hey, you got to get all that stuff out there. Right. Let me ask you uh, to start. I know it's kind of an obvious question. Just how much has your life changed in the past nine months or so as we all deal with this pandemic and our new ways of life? Yeah, gosh. I mean, so many ways you think about everything that's happened in New York City where I've been located. That was a, that was a very scary time, as you guys know. And uh, New York was kind of at the epicenter. But just from a career perspective and, 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 and work perspective, it is uh, drastically different. I was starting January, February, traveling to Yankee Stadium every day. It is my office. And uh, we were planning for a new season, uh, had some editors go to spring training, getting the yearbook ready to go. And then all of a sudden, in fact, we even had a, a meeting at Yankee, at Yankee Stadium. All the employees, uh, I think a doctor came and explained, you know, look, I think this is going to be okay. We're going to be able to get fans in the stands. It's, it's not as bad outdoors. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not like that. <laughs> of course, come March, everything has changed. And now I'm at a job, a new job, and uh, everything is remote. And I haven't met a single one of my colleagues in person. It's all over Zoom. So yeah, it has been very different uh, for me this year and uh, a lot of different changes just in terms of the way I work, what I'm working on itself, moving out of the sports world in, in some respects. Um, so there's been so many, so many different things I could probably tackle and, and we can talk about. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of new, uh, new things for me in 2020, as many can say. You mentioned some of the changes, a lot of the changes that all of us have been going through and you go up and down the list of this is different. What has been the most difficult transition for you since the pandemic hit? Gosh, I would say, you know, the, the interpersonal communication and, and ability to kind of work as a team was uh, always the best part, at least for my job with Washington and, and, in an editorial staff, you know, there's so much of, well, how do we figure out a newsroom situation that can work for everybody? And I think everyone has been struggling with the way that newsrooms have had to adapt. I know I'm sure at FUV, even that small newsroom you have, it, it, it's, it's a nice opportunity to, to spit ideas at each other, to have conversations and build rapport. Um, that was really lost when I was with the Yankees and, and we kind of had to go remote and, you know, you just don't have those opportunities to engage with each other. And then the fact that you have a job now where <laughs> I'm, I'm doing everything remotely. Uh, we've tried to create that same atmosphere over zooms and over our Slack groups and different ways that we communicate over messaging systems, but it's, it's been a, a difficult transition that way. I think I've learned to be able to figure out, how to communicate better with just texting and, and emailing and trying not to uh, read into too much silence here and there and being accountable with what you have to do, getting your work done without knowing exactly uh, when the workday ends for everybody at the same time and not checking into to an actual office space anymore. You're kind of waking up and deciding, well, I should boot up my computer and get going. So I think all of that has been the biggest transition for me is just trying to learn how to uh, be more accountable with myself and figure out how to function the best with other people's work schedules. 
Jake, maybe moving over to lighter subjects now. And I introduced you as a member of the class of 2014 at Fordham. You spent a lot of time at WFUV in your four years at the school. If you don't mind, I want you to take me back to when you were finishing up high school, starting college. What exactly was it that attracted you to WFUV in the first place that made you sit there and say, okay, I I, want to be a part of that? Well, I didn't know a lot about WFUV when I when I came into Fordham. I would say I had a good understanding that there was an NPR radio station. There were some opportunities there to pursue journalism uh, in that area. When I if I were to go to Fordham, I w- went and got a nice little lecture, um, toured around a little bit when I was uh, still looking at schools, and I wasn't necessarily sure if radio was a thing for me or not. And I think that 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 opening college fair, uh, you know, all around Eddie's parade, you you kind of go around and you go to the different tables and you start figuring out what you want to maybe sign up for. I knew journalism was an area that I was interested in for sure. So I signed up for the Ram, but I, I had heard a lot of good things about the radio station being an opportunity to get a lot of reporting opportunities to get on the air. And I thought, well, why don't I try this? So it seems like a legit professional place. And so, you know, immediately, uh, you know, you, you meet Bob Aarons, who was then executive producer. And all of a sudden you start to realize, okay, I think this is the right decision because and so Yeah. So again, to kind of answer, I, I didn't really have a ton of uh, expectations in terms of what FUV's legacy was, what it's uh, real uh, opportunity was for me until I started kind of just talking with some friends. I, I, I saw a couple, couple guys that were interested in, in sports and in, in radio, and it just made sense. You know, why don't we try to do this together? You know, it was a good collaboration of, I, it was a great way to make some friends. And eventually that turned into a full year of training. That was, uh, I mean, it just opened up my horizons to what I could do in terms of journalism, but also just making uh, so many different connections in, in the industry and then learning about it, obviously the legacy, which is just incredible. So there, it was really was more, I, I'm going to figure out what, what this is. And then it turned out to be a great decision. So you, you make that decision and you get into your time at WFUV and all of the things that that entails, whether it be covering professional sports teams or just going into a Fordham game, whatever, whatever that might be, basketball, football. Was there a moment, whether it is covering a game, doing one-on-one, being on the air, where you sat back and said, this is, this is something that I want to do. Yeah. I, I actually, I vividly remember the first time I went to a major league stadium to cover it as a, as a reporter. Um, I have also been a very big fan of movies and, and, and writing about entertainment and culture. And I remember reading the book Moneyball, um, which had been a few years old at that point, but they just started to make a movie was coming out with Brad Pitt that year, 2011. And so I thought, you know, I, I look at the Mets roster and I looked at the Yankees roster and Jason Isringhausen is there in the Mets and Nick Swisher and Eric Chavez were on the Yankees at the time. And I thought, you know, let me ask Bob if, if I could potentially go and and do a cool story about Moneyball all these years later and, and how these guys have, have made their careers and based off, you know, Billy Bean and this whole revolutionized way of thinking about baseball. And so I went, I remember going to the Mets locker room and figuring out how to approach a player. It was probably the scariest thing. I remember putting up a mic to, to this 
do this relief pitcher and I had really no idea what I was doing. And, you know, it was one of those first moments where you come away and you're like, I did that. I, I was in the Mets clubhouse with all these established New York reporters. And I just went and talked to a, a, a baseball player about a personal story that I wanted to do. And so I, I eventually talked to Nick and Eric and put a little story together for the website as we were building it at the time. And, and it was a really great opportunity for me to realize, okay, this is what I could, I could make of something here. I, I could kind of find my creative niche, you know, which is kind of merging some sports culture, some entertainment and figuring out a way to create something that has been, you know, I've been passionate about for a while. And uh, I, I really felt like, wow, this is it. This is it. This is what I can do. This is what FEV is providing me. So that was kind of one of those pinch me welcome to the show moments in some respects. <laughs> for sure. And Jake, you're talking about your various interests being sports, entertainment, movies, whatever. And you also have a very wide range of skills. And, you know, throughout your career, you've done a number of different jobs since uh, being at WFUV. I'm curious with all the different things you can do at FUV, how did the versatility you might have learned in your time at FUV help you as you went out into the workforce, did a bunch of different jobs, held a bunch of different roles and did them all well? Mm -hmm. It was, it was great. It was, it was vital to kind of figure out a way to kind of immerse yourself in so many of the facets of FUV. And I, and I mentioned the, the website earlier, right? I, uh, I, I didn't think we really had much of a website presence. And I think that's one of the things that I worked on with, uh, with Mike Watts, who you guys know, and Kenny Ducey. Um, we really figured we needed to promote our work there. And so because FUV is a student run place for the most part, and especially FUV sports was, we figured we could really kind of build this thing ourselves. And so we spent a lot of time working on social media and sharing our work there. We, we spent time on our website and trying to make sure that our podcasts and, and all of our radio clips and one-on-one and -on -one interviews were all kind of stored there and into a nice public vault. And so that was a, a way that we all kind of took it to the next level in some ways and figured we're doing this, but how can we do even more and, and share what we're doing? So that was another way where I felt like, okay, I, I think we can make this what we want it to be, you know, and it's not just radio and we go home. And so that was, that, that, that was so fundamental in terms of what I was doing with Washington later on and, and working in social media and the website editing, but also learning how to interview people on the spot, doing podcasts, all that kind of stuff. And I, and I just kind of threw myself into it. I was not huge into play-by-play. -play. I knew that just wasn't a big passion of mine, but I knew that the radio station was so great because it had all these other opportunities for me. And to be clear, I also was very much invested in, in the pep band. I was a trumpet player. And so I knew I wasn't really going to be able to be at a lot of games doing play-by-play -play or color commentary for basketball or football. I, I was still very much invested in, in music. And that was another opportunity for me to see the game from another perspective, see behind the scenes, but also just learning the different ways in which even game time entertainment is, is, is around. And so I've always kind of been interested in the very different aspects of sports. And I think just being around different areas within the, in the station, not just solely investing in, in play-by-play, -play, which is kind of the, you know, it, it, Marty Glickman and, and, and that award is so tailored to guys who want to, do that for a living. And 
I, I just didn't find that was my, my lane, but WFUV provided so much for me to be able to get out of that. So, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was a really great opportunity to kind of figure out different ways to, to kind of explain my skills and, 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 and try do new things that eventually, like you said, you know, it, it really does help you later on. You have so many skill sets that you can use in different ways because you figure out how to change and, and, and find your own path through it. You mentioned Mike Watts, among others. Was there a student or a group of students, whether it be upperclassmen, classmates, that you felt you really learned from and grew with throughout your time at WFUV? Yeah, I, I think there, there were always upperclassmen that uh, I think originally you're, you're almost starstruck by them when you're freshman. You know, you, you think, oh my gosh, how do I get there? I remember when I was a freshman seeing a, a guy named Chris Quagliata and Ben Allen, they were the sports managers at the time. And they seemed so polished and, and so smart. And we were doing sports casts and they were teaching us all the little facets of audio vault. And it was, uh, it was something to kind of realize like, okay, these guys were us four years ago. Like we can figure this out. And, and, you know, you start to learn who they are. I remember um, just even getting, getting, um, a little bit more comfortable with, with one-on-one. -on -one. My first one-on-one -on -one was with a guy named Ricky Sobrano, a couple years older than me. And, you know, he made me feel right at home. And, and it, and it's one of those moments where you just start to, to feel like these guys are, are, are all in it with you. You know, it's not this huge competition all of a sudden it, it is, they, they generally invested in everybody at the station because everybody builds each other up. But, you know, it was, it was great for me too. I, I think I developed a lot of friendships there, a lot of, of bonds with, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Mike Watts, Kenny Ducey, Eric Malo, uh, DJ Sixsmith, Chris Venezia, uh, Mac Rosenberg, Julian Atienza, Nolan Silbernagel. I got to make sure I say all these names for them. But uh, I mean, all these guys, they, they, they were great because they all had, and, and like I mentioned earlier, they all had different areas of expertise and, and passions you know, Mike and DJ and, and Kenny were really interested in play-by-play -play and so was Mac, but, you know, Mac was also really good at sports casts and he, you know, he was really interested in, in, in talk radio as well. And Julian was great behind the boards. So was Eric. And they've all kind of taken those, you know, interests into jobs now, but it was great because I, I think even within that group of people, there was a diversity there that not everyone was just fighting for one spot. You know, everyone had different ways of going about the FUV process. And so, and so I always felt kind of, you know, in that vein as well, I wasn't in play by play. I liked doing, I'd like doing the uh, sports talk shows, but I liked writing. I liked finding different ways to report, do audio features. So there was a, there was a good group in that sense, but also just in terms of a variety of interests there that I think really helped me because it, it, it didn't make it feel like it was just this one competitive place. Jake, in addition to the people you get to work with at FUV, a, a large part of it's also the experiences you get to have. And yeah. I'm curious, in your uh, time at Fordham and FUV, what are some you know experiences, whether it be a show, a game, a trip, whatever it might be, um, that maybe you know you you haven't mentioned? Obviously, you talked about the the Moneyball story you got to do, but is there anything else that really sticks out in your mind? where you sat there and said, whether it was in the moment or afterwards, wow, this is really special. I'm really lucky that I got to do that with FUV. Yeah. I always say um, for me, the most special and, and probably the greatest event that I've still gotten to cover sports wise was the U S open tennis uh, championship. And 
I got to do that two years in a row. And I think I still probably took it a little bit for granted, just the access that we got there. Um, I could not tell you, I, I was not a huge tennis fan, but I followed it pretty regularly. And I, and I wanted to get involved with it. I, I wanted to try new sports. I think over the summer, you always get that sheet to fill out. And, and, and at least for us, we would always kind of have, well, do you want to go to the US Open? Do you want to try tennis? You know, and, and what, what things are you interested in the co- covering in the uh, upcoming year? So I, I tried the US Open because I was really interested in, you know, it's in Queens. I'd never been. I, I felt like this was such a big New York tournament. And it was amazing. The, the access that you get, I don't know if you guys have ever gone to it, um, but you put on that lanyard and you would get free reign <laughs> throughout all the courts. And I just remember going there and thinking, wow, like, you know, here I am. I just walked into Louis Armstrong. I'm watching Serena Williams and I just hop over to Ash and I'll go see Roger Federer and you're 10 rows up. And you know, this is, it, it was, uh, that first year was almost too much of a dream. And then you start to figure out, okay, now how do I want to really cover this the next year? How do I want to, wh- what could I do extra? And I remember I wrote a whole journal entry about, you know, maybe, maybe four of them actually about, you know, kind of my experience covering two weeks of this kind of craziness, because it is a very different kind of tournament there. Uh, it's very much a lively crowd and it's, it's not like the, the kind of the stayed, and, and, and uh, quiet Wimbledon uh, feel. And so I, I really just, I loved being able to interact with so many different international media members, um, just seeing all the, the players and being able to ask questions right up front in the press conferences. That was just such a, it was such a whirlwind when you go to an event like that and there's just so much happening all around you. And so uh, that, was, that was definitely one of, one of the highlights from my time there, just two years in a row being able to do this uh, and, and being able to just like tell your friends, yeah, sorry guys, tonight I'm going to see the Federer and Nadal match. Uh, uh, I don't enjoy your Friday night, but <laughs> it's just, it's just a great opportunity. So that, that definitely ranks up there for me in terms of uh, professional sports experiences with FUV. When you were going through your introduction to WFUV, you are not the first to bring up the name Bob Aarons on this podcast. That is pretty so it's something that we get a lot here and talking about the influence and, and why not? Because Bob is such a huge figure here at WFUV. What were your initials, initial impressions of him and how did he sort of shape your time at Fordham? Initial impressions. Um, I, I was a little nervous around him at first, you know, this is somebody that was kind of an institution at WFUV for, for a while. And, you know, he expected a lot. I, th- I think that the standard that he had for so many of us was at a level that we hadn't really experienced before as, as, especially as freshmen, you know, this was a professional radio station. I think he made it very clear. This is not college radio. And that kind of is the cliche that you hear at a lot of other uh, places. It's just like playing, playing music and goofing around and not really having a, a sense of the listener. And I think with all the responsibilities that, you know, you guys have, and we all had covering Fordham sports, covering all the professional teams, making it such a a priority. um, I think he knew and took that responsibility very heavily. And so, you know, that was the, that was the challenge, but, you know, Bob, once you got to know him and and chip away and and start to develop a relationship, it it became such a, such a warm person to you and, 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 and so helpful in so many different ways uh, just talking about anything. I mean, you could, ha- you could go into his office and, 
you could start talking about the Dodgers and he would give you just all these different yarns about his old days with, with, with following them. And, and he had all his photos around his office. I mean, his office was very cluttered, but everyone you could point to every painting or picture or whatever you could go and there'd be a different story. He could talk to you about if you, if you weren't careful, sometimes you, you'd go in there, you have a class in 15 minutes, you could get wrapped up into a story and be late. Um, so, you know, that respect, it was a, it was a great relationship, but I remember, you know, specifically just in terms of the way I felt like he developed you as a, as a, um, as a journalist, as a radio person, as, as someone who was interested in just that and all the above, he, um, he was so strict and, and critical, but, but, but so kind in a way that it was very constructive. And so, you know, there would be a lot of times where you could feel his presence around you. Oh, I knew I flubbed that. He's going to, he's going to tell me, he's going to tell me I messed this line up or he's going to tell me this, but he, he wouldn't overdo it. He wouldn't get in your face. He'd just say, you know, you know what you did. Right. And you know, he would give you ways to correct it. And I remember there was one time particularly where we were doing a one-on-one and it was the Super Bowl show. It was right before the Super Bowl. And I'm in the studio and all of a sudden the, the entire board like goes out. And we were starting to freak out, you know, our, our engineers were trying to figure out what happened. And this was probably 20, 15 minutes before the show was about to start. We had to go into another studio, figure out the board there, get it set up. All of our stuff was getting transferred over. It was kind of a flying by the seat of your pants moment. I put on the headset. I couldn't hear my partner. We, we have the intro song come in. I, I was very, I, you know, as someone who prepares and, and it was really ready for this show, all of a sudden I was thrown into the deep end. It turned into an okay show. I, I, I know I flubbed up the intro. And I remember just after that moment, I, I walked in for our post, uh, post-mortem, as we would call it, just to discuss the show. And I walked in and I, I was just really down, depressed. I felt like the weight of the world on my shoulders. Like, here we are, we have the Super Bowl show and we kind of just blew it. It was just all these things out of our control. And Bob just looks up, he says, Jake, it's okay. Like, it, it's gonna be okay, <laughs> you know? Like just giving me that self-assurance, like this is not a catastrophe here. It was a, a, a show that didn't go as well as he wanted it to. and. Just those moments, I just remember really, uh, really deeply because they were they were good reminders that it was so important to us to to make an impression on Bob and to to do everything right. But even when we didn't, he wasn't going to chew us out, you know, just vigorously for it. He was going to be there and, and kind of tell us, "Look, this is part of the process of making you into a professional. This is what happens. These 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 things happen all the time in radio and." We get through them and we get better and and it's going to be all right. Jake, following up on that, obviously you must have learned a lot from Bob in the four years you were at Fordham. Just how much did the wisdom, the lessons, and maybe even sometimes the stories still help you uh, in your career as you've pursued many different opportunities after being at FUV? Oh, yeah, immensely. I mean, I... I think, you know, part of what that story was representing too, was just the, that idea that, you know, it, it is important to kind of prepare to kind of give yourself as much ammunition as possible. When you, when you go into a project, when you go into a job, 
um, making sure that you take it seriously and that, you know, this, this is something that is your personal brand. As you guys know, when you speak into the mic, I mean, that is who you are. You're representing yourself and your brand. And, and, and so he wanted the best for us. He wanted us to not sound like, you know, idiots out there. <laughs> he wanted us to make sure that we, we represent ourselves to the best. And, you know, that obviously applies to so many different things in your life, but, you know, just that kindness and compassion that he had and that ability to, to just gently, you know, figure out ways in which he could help make us better. You know, I think there was a lot of times where we get down on ourselves or we, we don't know exactly the right way to go, or maybe we don't hear ourselves in the right way, inflect a little bit more, you know, all those little things that you start to be aware of and, you know, just doing podcasts over the years and doing different kinds of journalistic uh, endeavors, even reporting and asking questions. I mean, that was such a big thing. I always remember those workshops we have and learning from other people that Bob would bring in about, you know, how to ask the right kinds of questions. All those things are so vital to, to the way that I've kind of gone about, you know, different journalistic aspects of, of my career. So it, there's just a lot of different ways. It's hard to pinpoint, you know, certain, certain things, but I think you kind of know it when you feel it. And, and I, I think that has just always continued. I mean, I still keep in touch with Bob and we, we still try to get together with him. Some of the guys always get dinner with him every once in a while. And it's just always good to have his voice there and kind of, you know, remember, remembering the good days we had with him, but also still, he's still out there and, and trying to help other, other young uh, reporters and, and play-by-play broadcasters. And it's, it's, it's been really cool to see that he's still invested in, in all of these young kids. Jake, from a broader perspective, how much did the experiences that you got at WFUV covering games in a professional setting prepare you for what came next in your career? That definitely helped a lot. I mean, I, like I mentioned that, that first uh, baseball clubhouse experience, you know, you, you get your, you, you get your reps in there and you get the shakes out as it were. <laughs> and by the time I started going into the Washington football locker room, I mean, I had, I had done this plenty of times. And I think that's the best part about WFUV was just, you get all those core experiences that most people don't get until they graduate. So yeah, for me, I mean, it was, it was really, really helpful to have so much of that banked experience and, you know, just the interactions and the things you learn watching other reporters too. I think that's another thing that people don't talk about enough. It's not just about asking questions and, and going up to a player. It's also observing, you know, just the kind of the customs and the way that other sports reporters in that locker room interact with each other the decorum that you're kind of supposed to have and, and the way that you approach PR people about interview requests and, and all those kinds of uh, little inner facets that I think probably don't get talked about when, when, when people start talking about their jobs and, 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 and having beat opportunities. So that in itself, just learning the Yankees clubhouse and the way that that functioned and, and watching other people report and sticking mics in between arms and learning all the angles there and, and strengthening your forearm in that way too. I just think that was, uh, was really helpful to, to kind of take into a football experience where you're just kind of thrown on your own and you are kind of expected to just, okay, we need a story on this guy, you know, get it done. Okay. Well, I, I've, I've been able to conquer this before. And so, especially my first two, first year or two there, and, and you start to develop relationships with players you start to figure out things be based on those, those key experiences for sure. Jake, this might be 
a bit of a cliche uh, question, but uh, I'll probably go ahead and ask, ask it anyway. Um, if you could go back to your freshman year when you were starting at Fordham, you're trying to figure out exactly what you wanted to do. If you could go back and tell 18 or 19 year old self one thing at the time, a piece of advice, just anything, what would it be? Oh man. I, I would probably say, I mean, I, I, for me, I, I majored in communications and I think that was, that was really helpful. I met some great professors and, and got to know a lot of, of kids, but FUV was my communications class, <laughs> so to speak. And so I think if you knew, you know, I knew that I wanted to do journalism and sports and entertainment and kind of get in that, in that lane. And I knew that FUV was going to probably provide that for me for four years. So as a, as, a, as both a work experience, but also as a, a place to just gain more knowledge about the industry. So I think for me going back, I would probably say, you don't have to major in communications. Let's maybe major in some history. Let's major in uh, maybe even just English or, or something that would challenge me a little bit differently or give me a little bit more diversity. I think Fordham is great because it is that liberal arts college and there is so much. And I tried to expand that as I went on. I did minor in theology and Spanish and, and I got more of those uh, perspectives. But I think even still, just having more experiences with other kinds of, of, of kids and students there and teachers and Jesuits even, I think just really trying to expand uh, your, your knowledge base and in a way that uh, wasn't necessarily what FUV provided because that really was the communications class. So I think overall, I probably would have said, you know, just keep expanding because all that stuff really does help later on. And I know it probably isn't always in the moment, not during your three hour show when you're talking about why the Jets won a game the other week, you know, that, that your, your theology doesn't probably come into that conversation, but it probably will impact you later down the road. You do have more experiences communicating with different people and, and learning different um, ways to interact with people that you might not normally. So just all those uh, attributes, I think will probably be helpful for me. <laughs> there you have it. Jake Kring Schreifels. He is currently an assistant editor at the Doe and WFUV class of 2014. Jake, thank you so much for taking some time with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys. This is great. And uh, keep warm up there at Fordham. Will do. Once again, thanks to Jake Kring Schreifels for his time on Off the Air, the podcast. A lot of great stories, great WFUV memories. And Nick, one of the things I was struck by, as I have been in a lot of these episodes, the camaraderie, the stories and the friendships made at FUV, not just in those four years, but still lasting to this day, in his case, several years on since graduation. Absolutely. And it's something that you and I know very well with the rest of our staff and just how special this place is and how it is a lasting legacy and a lasting friendship far beyond your just four years at WFUV. And with so many of our alums being prominent in this business, when you're going forward, you're just inevitably going to run into somebody who is coming from WFUV. And very often, even it's going to be someone that you interacted with over four years while you were specifically at Fordham. So it just speaks to Fordham's alumni network and the, the success and the history that this program has had. And for Jake, it's no different and, and always fun 
to hear about the stories that he was able to tell and the uniqueness of those stories that we get from so many alums about their time at WFUV, the cast of characters, the people that they had a chance to interact with and say, oh, okay, you were along with some pretty good company during your time. Certainly so. And I particularly enjoyed, you know, some of the stories about beat reporting, because I think it's kind of a universal experience, whether you walk into the Yankees clubhouse or, or the Mets clubhouse or, you know, the Knicks, whoever it may be, there's always sort of that feeling of, oh, wow. And you're looking around and you see these athletes that in some cases you've grown up watching and to hear about that experience from his point of view and how he eventually kind of took the wonder and awe out of it and, you know, treated it as, as a job to do, I think was very impressive as well. And I also think Nick, that speaks to the opportunities at WFUV when you're 19, 20, 21 years old, and you're a credentialed beat reporter and you're going into the clubhouse, at least pre COVID and you're able to have those experiences. I think it's really beneficial for a lot of young people going forward. I agree with you. And I think that's why we placed such a heavy emphasis on it when we were allowed to do so. And of course now everything is so different and you know, it's, it's difficult to get to replicate that, to get that same opportunity but I think there is something to be said for taking the, the edge off or the awe away from being in a clubhouse for the first time. And that's unique about WFUV, where it's not as much of a shock when you walk in to a professional locker room, when you are in a position to do this as a job, because it's something that you've already had the opportunity to do. And there's, there's no doubt. And you, I'm sure, remember your first time walking into a locker room I do too. And it is pretty different. It's, it's not exactly what you would expect when you go in there and you feel like, okay, I'm good to go. I'm prepared. I know what to expect. And very often it takes you by surprise and it is a really unique experience. And to be able to do that while you're still in college and to get that experience and to be able to say, this is something that I am used to and have done routinely, I think is really beneficial for our alums and, and for our program and the people that walk out of here. And, and Jake is, is no different. And you could tell that this was something that he really appreciated and really thought was something that was important towards him being successful once he left Fordham and WFUV. So that's our episode of Off the Air, the podcast. Again, our thanks to Jake Kring Schreifels for taking some time with us. And for my partner, Nick DeLuca, I'm Jimmy Sullivan. Thank you for listening to Off the Air. <laughs>